What up, y'all? Welcome back to the Don't Fret podcast. My name is D. Fretter. I'm a poet and spoken word artist from just outside of Vancouver, BC, Canada. One of my favorite things to do is sit down with another creative and have a conversation about what they do, why they do it, mental health, self-love, and other things like that. This is a podcast where I have those conversations, record them, and then share them with you. Before we get into the episode, it would mean the world to me if you would hit the subscribe button. Not only will that ensure that you never miss another episode, but it'll also help expand the show. This week on the podcast is my poetry best friend, my sister from another mister, Miss Fanny Kears. We talk about Fanny's poetry journey. We talk about racism. We talk about being black. We talk about it all. It's basically like just we were having a coffee conversation, but we had microphones in our hands and it was a lot of fun. I really hope that you enjoy this episode. And yeah, that's kind of it. I just let's just get into it. What up, y'all? Welcome back to the Don't Fret Podcast. It's your boy, D. I'm here with a very, very, very special guest. It's my sister from another mister, my <laughs> poetry soulmate, my um, really good friend, yeah. Benny Kears. It's Kears, right? Yes, okay. you got it, Cool. D. Sometimes I say curse, and then I'm like, that's not right. That's not right. It's, but you got it. Sounds hard, though. Fanny Curse. Yeah, that does make me sound hard AF. Yeah, it's pretty dope. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing okay, thank you. Uh, first and foremost, who do you want to shout out? Um, what do you mean? Like, who do you want to shout out? Who do you want to give a shout out to? Like, ooh, like I could give a shout out to anyone? Anyone, anything. Why am I unprepared right now? <laughs> I guess you don't there's, listen to my podcast as much. No, I do, but I'm like overwhelmed and excited. Um, can I do two? Yeah. Because I like to break the rules. There are no rules, but yeah. <laughs> Word. <laughs> See, you're a real one. Okay, <laughs> anyways. Okay, shout out to Maya Angelou because I've been listening to a lot of um, Maya's old recordings and it's just lighting me up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, shout out to um, a special friend I'm getting to know in my life. Their name is Taylor. It's no, not a special friend oh. like that. Oh. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> your face. I wish the people could see your face. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad for Taylor now because, like, the instant <laughs> lack of interest I had. It's like, oh, I don't give a fuck. Taylor, I'm sure you're cool. Shout out to y'all one time. Sure, you dope. Sure, you do something cool. I do. Um, no, but a lot of there was a, quite a few people who told me this week um, that the only person who doesn't believe in myself is me. Yeah. And that's something that. I th I think that they should know. Word. Yeah. 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 You mean that they should know that the only person who doesn't believe in you is you, or they also? <laughs> no, that they need to know it about themselves. That, oh, okay. Yeah. That yeah. other people, it's, sometimes it's, I don't know, sometimes it's just hard to take up space when you exist differently, but it's important to know that other people see you existing. Yeah. 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 And, and it just gives people the permission to keep existing. Yeah, word. Okay, well... 
hey, Taylor, I, I don't know you, but I see you. <laughs> you exist, dog, and I'm proud of you. You've made it this far. That's better than some. So What's up? Way to go. That's what's up. Words. So, yeah, we, we know each other. We work together um, at Wordplay, which is the poetry teaching job that I've talked about, like mostly on TikTok, but I think podcast listeners know by now. And that we kind of met through training. Yeah. But also we have like a friend in common, which was kind of a funny small world situation. Yeah. It was just such a like one of those moments where the cliche is so true that the world is so small. Yeah, it definitely can be. Um, yeah. So we're, we're actually like technically kind of pretty new friends, but yes, feel like old friends. Yeah. Like a very much so a brother sister bond from jump. Yeah, pretty much. Um, by the way, guys, if it sounds like I'm a little distracted or whatever, there, <laughs> Fanny has a dog, and um, he be all up in the the business, which is fine. He wants to be on the podcast too, but he also doesn't talk, so whatever. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Things are calming down. So, yeah, I know you through, like, poetry. You know, that's yeah. how we know each other. But I'm not super clear on when you started writing poetry. Was it you were, like, a little kid? Was it in high school, college? Like, when was it? I was a little kid when I started writing poetry. I would write a lot of poetry throughout elementary school, basically all of elementary school. And I didn't really write poetry in high school or in university, actually, for that matter. But I did like to write throughout that time. And so I would write like more so essays and short stories. Mm. But I really did come away through that throughout um, university and throughout my 20s. I didn't really write for pleasure very often, kind of on and off. And I started again in my mid-20s. And throughout COVID, I just started writing all of the time. Yeah. Well, I mean, wasn't much else to do. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I think it was sort of just like tapping back into it and it was yeah. the love of it. I would write like inconsistently throughout my 20s. Like I'd written a poem a couple of years ago that was published on a website. Well, not it's more than a couple of years ago now. Pardon me. It was before COVID, but it was right. like a one off. Very inconsistent. Right. OK. OK. Cool. Cool. So um, what did it feel like coming back? You know, did that feel like coming back home? Did that was that a weird rediscovery of something, some part of you thought was gone? What was that experience like for you? I mean, honestly, all of the above. Yeah. Of what you just said, <laughs> cool. like honestly, um, I think also kind of scary though. Oh yeah. For me, um, because I, the way that I was able to survive my high school experience in my 20s was sort of like to comply and to check the boxes you know like I was like okay I gotta go to school I gotta get a job I gotta buy a house mm -hmm. because I think through forms of internalized racism that I had been taught and that I even felt towards myself I was like okay that's how I'm gonna like you know take up space and exist by you know, being the black girl that did the things that they told me 
you know, I should and would be hard for me, but they're like, this will be, this will make you happy. And this is actually success is to have all of these arbitrary milestones. Okay. Yeah. And so I think like unlearning that and actually being like, no, that's not it. That's not joy. And knowing that joy is the resistance and joy is part of the revolution. It's like, okay, no, I'm not buying this BS anymore. Right. Cool. I dig that joy is part of the resistance. I I think about that a lot. Like with black joy specifically, it's like a form of rebellion um, because, you know, white supremacy, capitalism, misogyny, patriarchy, all that stuff doesn't Mm -hmm. want black, like marginalized people to be happy. Right. Um, They don't want to see it. And, um, you know, a lot of times black conversations about racism and white supremacy, we talk a lot about, survival but we don't really talk about livability and joy is part of our livability and so to really resist is to find moments of joy and and little corners where you can like have peace and calm and happiness and that's part of the resistance because this world doesn't want you to have it and you know part of resistance is defending our livability you know Yeah. yeah And I think, I think that part of resistance is also connection and white supremacy. It's like, if we have less joy, there's less connection. Yeah. You know, because like, look at this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like that's a perfect example of, you know, it's like, look how much joy and creativity and culture and connection exists between us. So it's like, yeah. and we're gonna, we're gonna support each other and have each other's back and, and be persistent in demanding new ways to do things and to build things. And so white supremacy knows the power of joy. Yeah. I mean, joy, joy is so powerful. Yeah, and it knows the power of community, right? And Preach. maybe that's why individualism is such a big proponent of like white supremacist talking points and like get yours, um, your own happiness and blah, 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 blah. Um, But there's so much like, you know, happiness is fleeting. I feel like joy is more of like a, like a foundational concept than happiness. Like happiness is just a feeling based on circumstances. Joy is something you can bring into a situation or joy is a lens you can look at the world through Mm -hmm. even when you're looking at ugly things. And I almost think like just like creativity, the more you practice joy or the more you try to live in joy, the more you're gonna have. You know? Amen. And and that breeds community because I don't know any joyful person who doesn't have a lot of friends. You know, I don't know any joyful person who isn't, like, a loving person. And there's a lot of power in community. Uh, Look at, like, when people get together and organize what they can accomplish, you know? Oh, yeah. Amen. And and I just, it's, I also, sorry, I'm digressing a little bit. It's fine. I also think, though, that we don't talk about joy being an individual practice as well. Because I think that we can have joy within ourselves and then it does help us to, especially like maybe if we're introverts or like we sometimes struggle in social settings to practice joy within ourselves. 
it helps then when we see it in other people and you you want to elicit that and you're you've experienced it by yourself if you're nervous to like be out in a social setting i think hmm. Mm -hmm. like okay like for example like sometimes i can have like a very low social meter and so if i'm going out especially into a new setting i'm just like uh, you know i don't know about this but I will do things like when I'm by myself to elicit joy, like especially if I'm feeling low, like I'll put on a song that I know I can't not not move to. And I just start like dancing and getting like really, really excited. And I think like working, working through that, it helps me like just create more joy and see more joy when I'm out and about in the community, especially in new settings. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I see what you mean. Um, that's actually been my experience with joy or like my relationship with joy mm -hmm. started as the individual practice. Right. Okay. And then grew into like, oh, this is like my relationships are better. The more, the more I like practice joy or implement self care and, yeah, and, exactly. and prioritize my self love and my mental health and all that stuff, you know, cause I think those things are intertwined. Yeah. Um, not that I think some people can misunderstand like good mental health is when you're feeling happy and that's not what I'm saying. Yes. I'm just saying that when you prioritize those things, it's easier to live in joy or for the, the joyful seasons to be longer yes. and more frequent than the miserable ones. Yeah. Um, I and I think, I think the more we like continue practicing joy, within community and within self, for me anyways, when I'm in my low moments, it does help to remind me that there there is light, that like I do, I really relish in that feeling and it helps to nourish me and help me get through that sort of depressive state to know that like I do know joy deeply, that like yeah. I, I can and I have practiced it and I know that when I'm coming out of this dark spot that I do have this amazing community to yeah. just like hold me in joy. Yeah. I think, um, I forget wh who it was in the poetry scene, but someone said it takes a village to create an artist or something mm -hmm. like that. And you know, that's a, that's a big concept for Vancouver. Yeah. I don't know. Like, cause you're, you're newer here than I am, but yeah, uh, a lot of Vancouverites are out here like trying to get theirs and trying to do their art and do it their way and just kind of like rise above. And it's almost like a every person for themselves sort of mentality just in general, like music, poetry, comedy, doesn't matter. But really it's like any good artist is reflective or representative of the communities that came from, you know? So like joy joy community creativity all this stuff is kind of intertwined and it's yeah. hard to like compartmentalize these things damn it's like not even 15 minutes into the podcast and we got like deep <laughs> philosophizing <laughs> on some shit i like that I like that's it. fine i it's i love hearing you say that because like i am newer to vancouver and so when people especially if i've been serving and you know, i'm kind of making small talk and they'll often talk about like how cold Vancouverites are and that it's kind of like hard to create community and you know I kind of just look at these people and 
that just so has not been my experience because I think I've just allowed myself to start experiencing more joy since I've decided to not do what the systems and institutions have told me and I've you know gone rogue and quit my job and <laughs> moved away and all of these things but when I look around around me and I see like reflected back in me or er, reflected back to me like people like you in my community and some of our other amazing poet colleagues like Ange and Angelic and KP you know I'm like this is so amazing. And I love all three of those people. <laughs> I know. I know, right? They're great. Oh my I goodness. Know. Yeah. Shout out to them. Shout out. <laughs> you know, so I just and if that's like what living in the truth can do and what being open to joy is, then I'm like more please. It's it just it's so good. It feels yeah. so good. I would almost say that you might have just lucked out with your experience <laughs> because, you know, Vancouver is kind of a playground for the ultra-rich and the ultra-rich oh, yeah. are not the nicest, so. No. And, hey, I'm not saying that is, yo, I want to be very clear. It is not without struggles because no. the city be a grind and your girl is burnt out. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I've been I've been burnt out since 2017. And okay. I don't think I've like really been able to take time to fully recover. If I'm if I'm honest, I don't think I've I think I've been burnt out for like 5 years straight now. Mm-hmm. Um it's exhausting. Mm-hmm. Like doing I feel that as you're saying doing like life. You. No, um it like is. you know like um you know, you want to be able to do, or, or no, I won't say you. I want to be able to do the things that I love to do, without, you know, uh, without having to worry about, like going to work and doing something I hate. You know, like I would go to work and do something I like. I do something. I'd, I'd go to work and do something I don't mind. Mm-hmm. But I go to work and do stuff that I hate, while also trying to make the things that I love to do, like bigger part of my life and the only way they can be a bigger part of my life is if they can compensate for the lack of income from not spending as much time doing something that I hate so I've been trying to balance these two things and trying to figure out like uh is there a middle ground is there something else I can do while also trying to like get in shape and that's been an uphill battle also trying to work with my mental health that's been an uphill battle Mm -hmm. I'm married so I'm trying to keep my relationship balanced and healthy Mm -hmm. and happy and be a good support partner for my wife. Um, I'm, you know, I'm trying to be a good person and, and keep up with social issues as best I can. And, and it's a lot. So I've just, I'm just always tired. Yeah. I don't think I've ever said that like on, on record. I don't think I'm always tired because there's just so many things and all of it's important. Yeah. And so it's like, how do you prioritize that without like saying, I don't really care about this other thing. And it's moment to moment, you know, like when I'm at my day job, I'm, I'm at my day job trying to do the best job that I can. But then I'm like, oh, you know, I want to get this book out or I want to get, you know, this song recorded or blah, 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 blah. And uh, got to pay the rent and shit. Yeah. And it's, it's wild. And not every one of our... Well, my, because I don't know everyone you know, but not every one of my creative colleagues 
fully understands that because some of them aren't married and some of them yeah. don't care about another person's cares because like I, I love my wife she's not a creative in the same way yeah, so she doesn't have creative goals her goals are more like domestic and whatever whatever i'm not gonna be like not supportive of that and yeah, i'm not gonna not help but that means that like anything i do there's a little bit of a compromise in what my future looks like it's not a compromise but it's it's like it's not all my call no because i committed my life to another person it's called maturity I mean, that to me is probably the most terrifying thing about being in a relationship, which is maybe why I'm single. (laughs) 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 Uh, Yeah. Um, Like, that's just, it's a lot. Like, to me, a romantic relationship is just so profound. The, The partnership to exist and to create this like healthy space where you have this beautiful thing where you are seen and held and supported and then the other side of that can sometimes be that there I don't really love the word compromises but it's like there are certain compromises to be made yeah I think the word compromise has like some connotations to it or whatever yeah it's because, the right word but, but it, it definitely yeah, it, seems like it has a negative connotation yeah but it, in this context I don't feel that way at no. all no it's just you know I can't just like fuck off to LA and pull up to the poetry lounge every <laughs> week for six months to see if if someone's gonna give a shit about my my poetry yeah because I have a wife here who needs me to help with the rent and she's got a job and she can't keep her job and fuck off to LA for six weeks, you know, or six months, you know, or um, I can't blow all my spare money at like, I don't even know what, like like a lot of my friends buy music gear or something like, like guitar Mm. pedals and, plugins for logic and all this other shit i couldn't do that even if i wanted to because you know somebody else is depending on me to pull my weight pay my share of the rent pay mm-hmm. my share of the groceries and da 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 you know yeah. oil changes and all that stuff and some of our colleagues my colleagues i keep saying are but some yeah, people some that, that i know yeah, just do don't share. get it and then sometimes I'm like, is that an age thing or is it I'm just married? And I don't know. Um, Part of it is a bit of an age thing. Like, you know, I think that like there are some of our colleagues who are like more in their like early to mid 20s. Yeah. And there's certain different compromises I think that you can or are willing to make <laughs> at that stage of your life. Especially yeah. like when I look back on it, even just like living situations and, oh, yeah. and roommates and, you know, like oh, all the rest dude. of it. Yeah, I was a 21-year-old man once. I know yeah. we would, like, 20-year-old dudes would live in squalor if they oh, could yeah. still get laid. And sometimes oh, yeah. they will and still try to get laid. Like, some of the, yeah, I don't even want to say. Yeah, no, I, it's, yeah, because you know I, mean, I mean, I'm just like, yeah, I'm, I'm over the men in so many Ugh, <laughs> ways. The worst. Oh, that, man. Now that I'm just like, yeah, you know, I'm a lesbian, so I just don't even have to think about it. But yeah, don't the, even. The memories are still there. I lived with a bunch of other dudes when I was like, I think maybe 23. 
And that house was disgusting. Like, even when it was clean, it was still disgusting. Yeah. And, and like, it would have been way worse if they didn't all have girlfriends coming through or, like, potential girlfriends coming through and, like, hanging out at the house. Yeah, like, one of my ex-boyfriends, he had a bunch of roommates, and the one bathroom would just always smell like urine. Always. Even once it was, cl- nice. like, cleaned. Like, sometimes I would go in there and I could tell it was cleaner, but... Yeah, so that's the thing about, like, I've had this attitude since I was, like, 25, though. I guess, like, whenever I got engaged, I started to be like, okay, like, I can't just do whatever I want. And I had people who were, like, basically implying I was a loser for not just quitting my job and pursuing music at the time or whatever. And it's just... You can't really do that. Um, and so that balancing act of trying to be responsible but also pursue something you're passionate about, which isn't considered responsible, is exhausting. Mm-hmm. And then well, even It's a if, dichotomy, so it's like you're yeah. being pulled constantly into opposing directions. Constantly. And then I would go ahead and say that being responsible in a capitalistic sense is not good for your health. So when you're no. trying to tend to your health, like... Get your exercise, do your mental, yeah. Do like take care of your mental, just, just do be some a human being. <laughs> yeah, or like do some sort of like grounding practice of meditation or um why don't fuck with yoga because you know, colonizers be colonizing, but like <laughs> that kind of a thing, yeah. like prayer or whatever. Um that takes time too. Like you know, like when I meditate, that's twenty minutes. I might be late for work if I try to meditate, you know? And so it's it's uh it can be a lot. Yeah, it's it's a very tough um grind like the days where I can have a lot of a slow li- pardon me slowness in the morning. Ooh. I have really great days like oh, yeah. you know if I don't have to like wake up and have a meeting for work um for vines or something like that it um it's really helpful to me and it sets a different tone for my day. And so, you know, obviously the goal and the hope, well, I shouldn't say obviously, my goal and my hope is I can have some sort of writing career where I cannot be in the city and have slow time and write from my secluded place. (laughs) Hell yeah. Yeah. I don't wanna live in this city. That's my writing goal is, like, I want to write in a different city. Yeah. Um, a cooler city. <laughs> like, literally colder. Oh, uh, colder. Okay, got it. <laughs> with better accents. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that, like, for me, when I have to go to my day job, it's a rush. You know, like, I wake up 3.45, and I'm in a rush until 8. Yeah. You know, get to the gym, make breakfast, meditate, prepare your lunch, get out the door. And I'm, like, never on time. Even then, like, I'm never on time, right? Yeah. Um, And it's, like, a 15-minute drive to go from where I live to where, like, all my tools and work trucks and stuff are stored. But the days where I'm working, doing, like, wordplay, you know, I might have a longer commute. Those are way 
better days because mm-hmm. I don't feel like I'm on anyone else's time. Mm-hmm. I'm the only one of us that shows up on time, but I'm the I don't <laughs> feel like um, you know. <laughs> hey, I was on time at the all boys school. Oh yeah, that's true. Okay. Yeah, you were early. Lest us not forget. Yeah, that's because <laughs> that's because I thought it started <laughs> like forty five minutes before it actually did. <laughs> oh, that's so good. <laughs> but it's okay. I'm taking the W anyway. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, when I'm doing something that I like or something that I love, because I, I, I fluctuate between like and love depending on how well the workshop did that day. <laughs> um, but when I'm doing something that I like, I don't feel like I'm on anyone, else, on anyone else's time. And I'm just like eager to get there. Yeah. You know, and it feels so good to do that. Like doing those workshops or doing poetry performances, it's, it's the thing where it, it just feels so good. I, I'm like, this can't not be my destiny right right okay remember like the very first workshop that we did in person it was yeah you me angelica and angelic we took that cute picture outside of the school yeah like that day when i was driving home i was just like crying because i was so happy and felt so grateful and i just really genuinely wish that for people to feel that to be able to feel like they are walking in their calling yeah and and like i like that you said calling um (laughs) uh yeah it's one of it's it's rare right because like somebody in my life really struggled with even knowing what they wanted to do or being they they didn't think they had a passion Mm -hmm. right and they felt like there was this weird void because they know me, they know pop sensation Josh Bogert mm-hmm. and R&B sensation Alexis Lynn. Shout out to the both of you. I don't think you listen to my podcast, but... But shout out. Shout out some of my oldest friends, and I love you both dearly. They don't. They don't listen to this podcast. <laughs> they don't listen to this podcast. <laughs> Like, they're never going to text me like, oh, bro, I love you too. Like, they're not going to do it. Bet money they won't do it. Who cares? Okay, Ryan, Ryan, Ryan. If they don't text me back by August, you owe me a burrito. But if they text me back by August, I will buy you a burrito. I'll buy you two burritos from Little Donkey. Burritos on the line here, folks. You should keep all of this just so no one thinks that we're like making shit up. (laughs) But yeah, so like this person felt this void of like lack of passion. And I just thought it was so interesting because I I couldn't understand that it was like they were born. Maybe this is an extreme example, but it's like they were born like they couldn't see color. And since I grew up seeing color pretty vibrantly, been a passionate kid my whole life when i wasn't depressed i was very passionate i was depressed yeah. most of that time that hits but, deeply you know it's like you're passionate describes me pretty well <laughs> <laughs> um so i didn't fully understand the pain and but like because i'd always just seen these very vibrant colors and but it was always like we used to argue a lot because because they didn't have a passion, they didn't understand the pain of me literally not being able to afford to do my, 
my passion because I don't have the act. You know, it's like this weird balancing act of like they really want to want to do something, and I want to do something, but I literally can't afford to just not work. Yeah, and or like I can't live off of what we make at wordplay or something like that, um, which is still like that's great. What when we get to do it, it's great, but we it still is. get to do it full time. Exactly. Because like how many schools? could possibly want that all the time. You know, like, there aren't enough schools to do it 40 hours a week. That's insane. Yeah, no, no, we never could. I think the most that you could hope is, like, full-time would be doing a workshop, like, every day of the week, but probably only, like, one. Right. Like, a half-day one, like, Monday through Friday. Right, and that's that would would be, like, a decent... Honestly, yeah. Decent job, but even then, (laughs) that feels like a lot to ask. Yeah. Um, And I'm not really looking to do that, because then all you're doing is workshops yeah, and not the other parts of like being a poet that people like to do. Yeah. Doing um, like one a week though would be awesome if you had, if we had like a guaranteed one a week, you know? I mean, the way it averaged out for me from when we got started to when the school year ended, I was doing basically one a week. Yeah. I think it was, it almost was like that for me, not quite in June because I was home in Saskatchewan. Yeah. But definitely throughout April and May. Like, yeah. I was like, okay, wordplay. Yeah, because like, there yes. was one week I did three, and then another week I didn't do any yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so it worked out, and I, I really enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun. And there was some, there was some really good days. There's some really good days. There's some, there was a couple of bad days. Yes. Like the last one <laughs> me and Angelic did. Was it bad? Oh man, we held those kids fucking hostage. <sighs> I felt like, um, like it was it it was pretty obvious that we were there for the teachers. Uh, <laughs> so it. all these kids come into the school library, and I don't know if they know what's going on, mm-hmm. but the teacher who who requested us, hired us, organized us, whatever. Um, says like hey like we're gonna have this poetry performance it's gonna be for like an hour and the kids are like oh <laughs> you're like great i didn't even notice because i was so focused on wow these kids don't look happy that i didn't even hear them but angelic told me that after the fact and like yeah most of them couldn't give a shit like there was like probably 80 to 100 kids in there oh, and whoa. i made eye contact with three and one of those three looked interested (laughs) (laughs) and the other two were like like just stereotypical teenage girl looking people Mm -hmm. and they were looking at me simultaneously like you're not cool but also you're an older adult man so i want you to know that i'm cool i want to impress you but you're not cool yeah you know, it's that weird thing. Of like, I would roast you, but I'd be interrupted. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. It's a weird vibe. Yeah. yeah. That's been teenagers like, are weird. teenagers are weird. It's yeah. like when we've gone to high schools, I'm always a little bit more on edge, you know? But like when we work with the middle school age kids, those kids are so fucking funny because they have, they don't, they're not self-conscious yet. They're self-aware, but not self-conscious. Mm-hmm. So like that very first day, um, we worked together. I had a class and these like, I, I, they must've been 12, um, 12 year old girls or femmes or however they self-identify. I, I didn't ask. Yeah. 
um, they were just going to such levels of depth with what they were going through with like right. body image and gender identity and trauma and stuff like mental health. And they were just like totally fine with going there. Yeah. But like good luck getting an 11th grader to go there. You know what I mean? Yeah. It takes like a special, like it's rare in older teenagers. And then the second one we did with that kid, um, fuck, what did he change his name? Gloves. Gloves. Yeah. Gloves. (laughs) That one was so fun. That was so funny. That That was one of the best ones. I mean, that kid that kid, that was, kid awesome. was one of the best ones. Yeah. That school was interesting. Yeah. <laughs> but that, that workshop in the morning, that was good. Yeah. He was in. Yeah, that was. That but was, the afternoon was rough. Afternoon was pretty rough. It was very rough. Yeah. yeah. And we didn't even have the worst no, experience. It was then. worse. Yeah. For our, our Probably comrades. should. Yeah. yeah. Not going <laughs> to say because don't need this. Like, yeah. Held up in court. I, um, I emceed a high school poetry slam oh you did that yeah dope it was fucking awesome i was so worried (laughs) the kids brought it it was so dope it was so dope and like the kids i walked in and like this because I have spent a lot of, I used to be a social worker in an elementary school. And, well, and then before that, I was a social worker at a high school. So I have, um, you know, I know a couple things about kids. And I like being, I like kids. I do. I mean, teenagers are weird, but I, I like them. They're, yeah. they're intriguing weird. Yeah. Anyways, so I was like, I'm going to just go in there. And I was like, I'm just going to look cool right off the bat. So I wore that hat that I wore to our one poetry event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, with my overalls, yeah. with peace signs all over them. Yeah, Don't, so yeah. I got there and like the couple of the kids were like, oh, you're the poet? I was like, yeah. They were like, oh, cool, or whatever. So it was like going good. And then this one girl comes up to me and she's like literally like a little kid, like pulled the back of my shirt and was like, Fanny. I was like, what? She was like, okay, this was the poem that my teacher approved me to do. And then she pulls out this other poem. She's like, this is the poem I want to read. What do you think I should do? And I just looked at it. I looked at her. I was like, read the poem you want to read. She's like, really? I was like, yeah, if you get in trouble, I'll say I told you. I encouraged you. So, and it was so good. That's dope. Yeah, it was so good. That's dope. Yeah, she like said a swear at the end. And she like looked right at me and I just like. Gave her like a little thumbs up. <laughs> That's dope. Yeah. I I just hosted this open mic like in real life last week and it was mo it was all adults except this uh sixteen year old girl uh and her mom pulled up and this Word. girl like brought it. Like not not like slam culture brought it, but yeah. like Sabrina Benane, Lindy Nolte yeah, sort of brought okay. it, you know? Yeah like self-aware mental health white girl vibes but it's like really good for such a small unassuming person and it's really cool like one of my favorite things about what we do and like observing young people get into poetry is like they're accessing like creativity and vulnerability at the same time and and it's something that like i didn't fully feel the freedom to do when I was a kid. So it's like, I'm so happy for them that they're able to do it, Mm -hmm. you know? And and like, 
I mean, even with that kid, gloves. Like, I think we watched the birth of an MC. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. like, he'll probably change his name, but, like, yeah. I can see him starting to rap in the next couple of years and, like, doing well. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, he was into it. Yeah. He was, <laughs> like, he, yeah, because remember at the one in the workshop with gloves, I didn't end up doing any of my poetry yeah. because, like, we were, we were running out of time. And then I was like, nah, gloves needs this. He needs this way more than I do. Yeah. <laughs> but I was like, seeing them, like, moments like that, I'm like, that's it. Yeah. Like, you know, giving that and, and like, having that kid, like, be like, going home and being like okay yeah there's these poets and like yeah yeah you know like that's well because then he that's it for me well he walked up to me like when we were like when they're breaking for lunch he's like yo do you think like i could be as good as you one day and i was like oh you could be way better my tender heart right and yeah it, it's like and then oh and then at the, the first day um one of these girls was like yo i'd like i think i want to do this one day i was like hell yeah Fuck yeah, do that. Yeah. For sure. I'll probably still be doing this because uh, I ain't famous. <laughs> so I'll see you there. Yeah, you're like, I'll see you at your show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll open for you. <laughs> but yeah, you know, I think part of it is like maybe we're projecting a little bit of like we would have loved to been able to access the art form and have that freedom at that age. Maybe it's true. Either way, makes me feel happy. They me seem too. to be having fun. So at least, if nothing else, they're having a more interesting school day. But right. like best of the best case scenario out of like the hundreds of kids we've worked with by now, like three of them have become poets, which is dope. And honestly, even if that never happens, just for them to like remember the workshop and feel something and feel inspired, I'm like, I'm good. Yeah. I'm good with that. That makes me feel like, yeah. again, I'm walking in my calling. For sure. And like the Maya Angelou thing of like, they may not remember anything we said, but they'll remember how we made them feel. Exactly. Maybe. Hopefully. I think they will. Yeah. Um, I got to have a really special experience when I was home in Regina. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, I had a little poetry night. My mentor, my auntie Chris was like, hey, you're going to be home, you know, and it's been hard, you know, coming home for whatever and you know, family, so why don't you do this? And maybe it'll help. And so I kind of threw something together, but I had a really cool experience of some of my former students coming and being part of it. And so, you know, to that point and to what we do, like, yeah. you know, they they remember. And oh, they, for sure. The things that they remember that, you know, I don't even necessarily remember that I don't think yeah. that they will. I'm like, okay, it's working. Yeah. I mean, yeah, um, we're talking about kids from like, or students from a previous life. I'm still like in contact with basically one of my former students from when I was a youth pastor. Mm -hmm. And to watch this, this young woman, this kid become who she is. Yeah. It's been, like, I'm, I'm really proud of her. Like, Aww. and we like, we catch up over coffee, like once twice a year yeah and every time so i'm just nice. like wow you like you got such a good head on your shoulder and a good heart and you're just out here doing your best yeah and she's found a real big passion for glass blowing oh, and making wow. figurines and pipes and stuff like that that's amazing and she's really good at it and i'm really proud of her hannah if you're listening i'm really proud mm. of you shout out 
Shout out to you, Hannah. And I if you want to be on the podcast, uh, maybe. <laughs> maybe. I'll advocate for you, Hannah. You sound dope. <laughs> she is dope. She's so tall, too. It's really funny. Because, like, when... It, when she came to the youth group, before I was even like in charge of it, she came yeah. to the youth group and she was little. She was scared of me. Right? And now she's taller than me. And it's so funny. Like, Not okay. much, but just enough yeah. that I notice. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's my toxic masculinity, but whatever. Whatever. Yeah. Well, not whatever to toxic masculinity, but I don't know if that is toxic masculinity. Right. And who's to say, right? Every once in a while, I just like to check in and be like, oh, is this toxic masculinity or is this something else? I don't know. You know, because I got to check my privileges. <laughs> At least you're considering. <laughs> well, that's the thing, right? Like, I. This is so fun. Like, it's just been all philosophizing. <laughs> <laughs> we're poets after all you know philosopher. <laughs> yes. um i mean the only difference between a poet and a philosopher is a pen honestly damn it's pretty good write it down yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like i don't know if it's that i'm unique in this or if other people do it a lot but i i genuinely freak out whenever I'm like, oh, what if this is like my internalized, what if I have some internalized white supremacy or some sort of racial prejudice against a different race? Mm -hmm. um, oh, what if it's my toxic masculinity? Am I a little transphobic? And it's like, the answer is yeah, probably. Yeah. But it's like, I don't know if I, like I sweat it sometimes. <laughs> I'm like, I sweat it a lot. Cause I'm like, I know what it feels like to be hated mm -hmm. for who you are. And I know how much that hurts. And I'm like, I just don't want to do that to other people. I think I used to sweat it a lot. Yeah. But now that I've accepted that I'm just going to make mistakes and I have to unlearn. Ah, uh, see, that's it. Help, it. it helps a lot, you know, like yeah. um, something that I, I don't think was really aware of was how much like transphobia exists in our culture. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I think as I continue to meet more trans people and be in community with more mm -hmm. trans folks, um, there have been just certain moments where I've had to check myself. There mm -hmm. have been moments when I've been called out, mm -hmm. and I've been so lucky to have been called out in a gentle way mm -hmm. that not only, one, helped me learn something mm -hmm. and and do my own work, but two it has helped me so profoundly in how I call people out mm -hmm. and how I respond and really try to give people the space to, to just be accountable and then do the work and make the repairs and unlearn and learn. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, I just, I'm not super graceful with myself when I make mistakes, especially mm -hmm. if I hurt somebody. Mm -hmm. Like if I, I spill a little spaghetti sauce on a shirt. I'm not like, I'm the worst person. I don't yeah. deserve shirts. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I really need this shirt now. <laughs> um, But like when I hurt people, I just feel really bad. Maybe because I just like, I mean, not that this is therapy, but I think maybe because I know how much I 
how much anger I feel when people hurt me. Mm-hmm. Like, ooh, ooh, it's a lot of anger. Mm-hmm. I just assume everybody would feel that towards me too. So I'm like, oh, I don't want that. Well, I don't they, want these problems. They, they might not feel angry towards you. They just... Yeah, no, probably not. They're probably not hurt. as angry a person as me. You know, like... <laughs> not be true. Who knows? I mean, they... Like, some of these people? Probably not. <laughs> There's a few people in our life. Brayden Jordheim, I love him. Shout out to my baby, Bray. Brayden, this is the second time I've said this, but if you want to be on the podcast, <laughs> just hit me up. Bray, you should do it. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, every time I have a black person on the podcast, I mention Brayden and be like, Brayden, if you want to be on the podcast, I don't think he listens. Uh- <laughs> well, he's going to listen to this episode because I'm going to send it directly to him. And Bray is a fantastic human being. He is an amazing a- human being. Yeah. And he is a gorgeous, stunning model. Oh, my goodness. And he is also endeavoring in acting. <gasps> and I think that Bray is yeah. just, fant- yeah, and I think he's fantastic and he's going to kill it. And he should definitely come on the podcast because he has a lot to say. He's kind. Can you hear him going, oh, my God, (laughs) shut up right now? (laughs) He's kind. He's empathetic. He, Bray, Bray, you have to start the podcast off about with Bray talking about support. Bray is supportive, like, unlike anybody I've ever met. He really knows that support is a verb. And I'm so lucky to be loved by him and the way that Bray gives me grace to be who I am, it can only inspire me to give grace to myself. That's Mm -hmm. literally how much grace he gives me. Anyways, guys, go follow Bray. Links will be in the show notes. (laughs) At Dean Bray J. (laughs) Anyways, (laughs) I I really love him if you're down tail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's dope. Um... Yeah, man. What do we even? We yeah. were philosophizing and we were philosophizing poetizing about poetizing, and then I was brain. <laughs> yeah, and we just started like just, just absolutely kissing up to brain. Now I'm like, I don't even know where we go from here. Because <laughs> you already kind of talked about your goals with poetry and stuff like that. We've touched on mental health and what you like, kind of working through and working with mm-hmm. yet yeah, this is my okay well it's july now but in june it was my five-year anniversary trigger warning of um attempting suicide and deciding yeah. that i was gonna live you mm. know and like actually live and so i at, for, you know i went through therapy i went through this day program it changed my life i cannot say enough good things about it it was, you went like every day from nine to three, Monday to Friday for six weeks. And it was amazing Then I went through TMS. That's transmagnetic stimulation. And they like do some brain scans. Magnet. That, yeah. 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 Okay. Perfect. Yeah. We have to talk about that. I had a lot of interesting side effects, but anyways, that's a very different time. <laughs> I don't know if I, I don't know if I'm comfortable with you telling you all the side effects from that phase of my life. Trying Fair to- enough. It is bad. It's, it was, yeah, it was a really... It was bad. Tough time for me. I'm not going to lie, it wasn't worth it. There, I have had a lot of, yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm just not sure. Yeah. yeah. I, 
I think sometimes it depends on the day, <laughs> if yeah. you ask me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah but, most days for me, it's like that part of my life of just like desperately trying whatever someone would let me try wasn't worth it. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was tough, you know? Yeah. And then, yeah, and I, and I was working at the school at that time, and that was healing, and then COVID happened, and now here I am. Now we're all caught up. Word, cool. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, like, what's good with God? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> like, I'm, kidding. Oh my God, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I did that to my cousin one time, and we like went in, and our family's very religious, <laughs> and like the elders of the family didn't listen to it, but all of it, like his sibling, their partner, and our other cousins from the same generation, they all heard it. They all know, and it's really awkward. Like, because, like, religious family, yeah. and now it's, like, because we went off, and, like, yeah, we were both just, like, yeah, I don't know, she could be black and gay. <laughs> That's cool, right? And that was, like, the least that we said that would right. piss off a right-winger. Right. No, then my family's right-wing. I think most of my family, you could probably call them, like, centrist or liberals, except for one of my siblings. Okay. Um, ooh, she is Right, right over there. Okay. Cool. On the wing. On the w- pfft, tip of the wing. Yeah. Falling off the right. On, on alternative to the wing. Okay. Got you it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. That is far. <laughs> <laughs> um, just went. I just got older and blacker for a second there. Let me do this about you. You just aged yourself. I'm like, okay. I have a preview of 45D. <laughs> oh, 45D is probably going to be exactly like 30D. Um. Probably still have this haircut. Perfect. Um, probably still hasn't figured out what cut of pants to wear that's flattering. Um, <laughs> yeah. Probably still using, like, the slang that the kids are using. Why but not, not properly. <laughs> and if wordplay is still running, I'll probably still be doing workshops, you know? Yeah, word. I mean, okay, so maybe. I would love to do more work, like... After doing these, not to circle back to what we were talking about with work, but like, I have a lot of people in my life. I don't know if you can relate to this. Probably not. Um, you don't do as many things as I do. Not, no. And that's not a comparison thing. That's a, you're smart. Uh, <laughs> but like, I have a lot of people who will tell me like, you need to make more music and you need to put out an album. You need to do this. You need to do that. You da, 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 da. Like everyone's like, like, I have one person who's very annoyingly loud and excited about one thing that I do. Okay. And it messes with my goals a little bit. Right. Because, because like... It, because you're trying to listen to yourself, but you're also hearing them. Exactly. Yeah. But, like, if I'm to listen to myself, all I really want to do is something kind of similar to Rudy, Francisco. Mm, yeah. You know, because, like... I when, love Rudy. The one conversation that we had... He was like, yeah, I can just pick a city and do a show there. And, like, my goal is to just do, like, four shows a month. And I'm like, the fact that you're just cool with, like, four shows a month and, like, you don't need to do more, that speaks to how good these shows must be. Also, like, you know, the fact you can pick a city. Mm -hmm. That's dope. I want to pick cities and just do shows. I want to do shows and have people come. I want people to want to come to my shows. People want to come to your shows. Three people want to come to my shows, and one of them's going to be the opener. 
Duh. Well, there's going to be a lot of people when you're featured at the Vines Art Festival this summer. Yeah, guys. So August 6th at Haddon Park, I'm going to be featuring for the Vines Festival. Vines is an organization that Fanny works for, and yeah. they were kind enough to offer me a slot. So I'm going to be doing that, and you should come on through. Tickets will be somewhere at some point. No, there's no tickets. There's no tickets. Just come to Haddon Park yeah, sometime around 6.30. Yep. Um, come around come around then and just hang out experience some art and get cultured and be in the beautiful land on these stolen lands that we live on and appreciate and let's just be together observe like food or anything yes get some whatever the food is yeah i don't know what it is for that day off the top of my head so i'm sorry to the folks right now Yo, no, if it's mini donuts, somebody buy me some. Like <laughs> <laughs> you have to like send an, a separate writer, be like mini donuts, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm just saying, hey guys, if you come to this festival, which you should, because it's gonna be dope. Like it's not just for me. It's like I think any kind of live art is an interesting experience, good or bad, or like it or don't like it. It has an effect, and that's just interesting. Mm-hmm. But like knowing you and the other people who are curating this festival it's gonna be some dope artists so it'll be a good night and uh yeah i'd love to see you there maybe wearing some joy and misery merch to show that you're a fan um or you could cop the new poetry bad boy merch that just dropped links in the show notes Uh, (laughs) um links in the show notes folks there's a lot of links in the show notes um yeah so that's kind of me. Like, I love, it's weird. I don't feel like I'm an attention whore, but I love performing. It's like addicting. <laughs> you know? You're really good at it. Thank you. The people, the white people at that weird event that we did with Ange, they loved you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They loved you. I yeah. mean, rightfully so. You did a, you were, you were on that night. You were really good. I was actually not paying attention to what I was doing, so <laughs> I don't even know. You were really good, but like there was just like some of these like middle-aged cis white guys that came up to you after. I was just like, oh, I thought you were talking about the. No. Do you know what I'm talking about now? I sorry. I was gonna say something like I shouldn't say that. I thought you were talking about the women that came up and were like crying. <laughs> well, them too. <laughs> All of them. Yeah, I thought you were talking about the women that like because there was like five women that came up. Yeah, the one was really going. Oh and then boy! When, and then you gave her the book. I gave her the book. I'm like, take this, and uh, do not mess up my shirt. <laughs> she was. I don't think she was sober. I think she was kind of drunk. I think that that could be a factor. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Or just buzzed enough to be like, damn. Yeah. Life could have been harder. But yeah, there were some dudes who, there were <laughs> some older dudes that were like, yeah, that was, that was something. <laughs> well, you came in here and you, you said things that rhymed. <laughs> I've seen the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> yeah. My son likes them. There was a couple guys who just like commented on the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, and then there was like younger guys that were like, I, I couldn't tell what they were trying to tell me. 
<laughs> I just assumed they were hitting on me, and An- Ange was not helping deter that. Oh, yeah. Which I'm like, cool. Kids still got it. Apparently, I'm better looking now than when I was single. Mm. I don't know if that's aging or if it's just like a confidence of like. Confidence is sexy, so it definitely could be a confidence. It's like, I've got nothing to prove to you. I'm not interested in in impressing you, and that's attractive. Yeah. It's like, you want what you can't have. Mm -hmm. I got, okay, so um, on Instagram, they're doing like, not gonna lie. It's basically honesty box, but on Instagram Mm -hmm. now. And somebody sent me like, are you interested? Are you into non-binaries asking (laughs) for a friend? And I'm like, I know who this is because a non-binary person just started following me and liked like seven things of mine today. So I'm like, dog, dog, like there's no subtlety here. Yeah. Like subtlety is not your specialty. Yeah. But I'm also like, I'm flattered. You know, it's like, yeah, that is flattering. Thanks. It's like kids still got it. Can I tell you something kind of sexy? It's fun. It's fun. It's related. Don't worry. It's not that sexy. Okay. I was, Sorry, I was like, your face. what could you possibly say? It was like. I, um, a cute girl a while ago <gasps> slid into my DMs and we went on a date. Oh, yeah. Okay. Guess what I, guess what I took her to do? Took her to a poetry night. <laughs> <laughs> But she was like, this was the best ever because um, it was the slam and Rudy Francisco performed. Oh, no. Yeah. No. Yeah. Like, it was good. Word. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Rudy was there. Yeah. So, like, we just had the one date, but it was a really good date. Nice. But, like, yeah. Well, shout out to you, whoever missed out on more dates. (laughs) Um, I don't, like dislike you or anything but i feel like you wasted a golden opportunity and you ought to be ashamed of yourself <laughs> and i will find you no my I'm vengeance gonna... will be slow and terrible <laughs> okay black batman <laughs> i'm gonna fuck your life up dog <laughs> you just went dark but i kind of like to see this uh this iteration of you in a poetry performance, to be honest. My sister just was like, oh, good. He's got someone else to do this to. <laughs> Who eats it up? <laughs> yeah, well, she it hates in weird it. Ways. <laughs> Her and my brother hate it. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, it gets old eventually. Um, yo, we've been going for like a while. Okay. So let's wrap her up. Yeah, do you want to bring it in for a lander? We're going to close it out with, uh, well, actually, so we're going to close out with the final questions, and then do you want to read a poem? Yeah, I'd or, love to. Okay, so first first of the final questions, if people have, you know, they've listened for the full hour, and they're like, yo, I like Fanny's perspective. She seems funny. She seems chill. I want to keep up with her on the social medias. How would one do that? Um, I go on Instagram, and my Instagram name is Fanny Kears. <laughs> my name <laughs> fantastic <laughs> yeah i'm super original and my website is also my name.com nice <laughs> links in the show notes as always and last question 
if you could travel back in time or like reach into your inner child and like speak to them, what age would you speak to and what's one thing you would tell them not to fret about? Like don't fret about whatever. Mm-hmm. I had an age picked out before we started that I was going to do and I'm just trying to think for a second if that... Oh, so you do listen to my podcast? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I just seriously was overwhelmed at first. <laughs> Sometimes I get really excited and then sure. my ADHD be doing weird things. Okay. Um, okay, I don't exactly... Re- I'm going to go with what my gut was that I decided before and I didn't remember the exact age, but... Because I'm just... Time, you know? But... The age that I was before my Zeta died, my grandfather died. And yeah, something just changed when he died. And so I would go back to that age to say, don't fret so much about what they're telling you you ought to do. Because like, you know, like the way that I uh, I approach community and how I want to build our table yeah. is so much because of him, because of my grandfather, Perry Moskovich. Building our table. I love that. Mm-hmm. That's dope. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So, yeah, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Don't Fret Podcast. I've been Dee Fretter. She's been Fanny Kears. She's going to take us home with a poem that she wrote. She's going to read it. It's going to be dope. Okay. Thank you, Dee. Thank you for this opportunity. Okay, this poem is called Courage is a Practice. I write a lot of poems about pain, rhymes and metaphors making it easier to explain the atrocities and hypocrisies a human can face when they exist outside of the Caucasian race. I write a lot of poems about legacy, about how I believe tapping into my creativity will unlock the key to my destiny so that I may shatter the ceiling they placed on top of me. I write a lot of poems about heartbreak, about all the ways in which I've leveraged my mistakes to not look away, so that when I look at my reflection, I'm not blinded by the imperfections that clothe me in this lifetime. But I want to write a poem about courage, a prayer for non-denominational churches, of being in communion with your open heart, of welcoming reunion with your inner child. Before today, I would have told you that the opposite of courage is fear, making objects larger than they appear. Please yield to oncoming false narrative about inadequacy. Take exit marked. We'll test capacity for tenacity. But the opposite of fear is not courage. Courage is its own entity. Courage has its own identity. Courage is as soft as holding your grandmother's hand. Courage is as cleansing as the ocean kissing the sand. Courage doesn't know the tone of reprimand. But courage will always whisper, Hush, child, I understand. Courage is a firm and steady demand. Courage is the thing that expands 
the human experience. Yesterday, my yoga teacher reminded me that courage is a practice. Ten years ago, that same teacher extolled my blackness, planting roots for my authentic self to grow very, very tall and begin my inquiry, if playing small, is how I want to spend my time here on Earth. Pain is not linear. Healing is not linear. Love is not linear. We must have the courage to surrender our fear and know that it will reappear. Courage is a practice, a muscle to flex, an energy that respects and projects our highest selves. Yogic text teaches that the postures, the asanas say, when you've had enough is when you need to stay, even just for a second longer. Because our yoga, our truth, will always show us that we are so much stronger than we ever really knew. And the courage we possess is what will carry us through. Hey, you. Yeah, you over there in the back. I hope you will be audacious, be tenacious, be capacious. But most of all, I hope you will be courageous so that when the truth knocks at your door, when she brings you outrage and hopelessness and heartache, when she tries to see how far she can bend you until you break, you will have the courage to hold on just a little longer. Thank you. <laughs>